You know, I, I, I'm not much of a computer geeky kind of guy, um, but I understand that there are amazing uh, computer programs and, and, and foundational kind of stuff and software and apps and all that kind of stuff. They're, they're all over there. there. There's a new version everywhere coming up. And it's just, it's coming, and you know what, we use the computers, and I guess we use an operating system, is that what they say? You know, it's an operating system. Did you know that there have been, I had to do a little checking on this, and I hope I'm right, if I'm wrong, let me know. There have been seven different Windows operating systems, seven different ones since the beginning. I looked them up. You had Windows 3.1, you had the slash NT, you had Windows 95, Windows 98, Windows 2000 slash ME, I don't know whether those are one or two. Windows XP, which is, I think, the one I have on my computer, so I'm, I'm a bit out. Windows Vista and Windows 7, and there may be something more, I don't know. But, I mean, there's just always a new version coming out. I, I looked on the iPhone. Where's my iPhone? My iPhone. I have an iPhone. What, what is it? Windows 8. Okay, Windows 8. Okay, I am really out of it then. I'm four versions back. I have an iPhone here, and you know what this one is? Can, those of you who know these things, can you see it from here? Do you know what this is? This is 6. This is the Windows 6, but you know there's the, the iPhone regular, right? And then the first one that came out, and then there was the iPhone 3 and the iPhone 3S, and then there's the iPhone 4, and of course you got to have the 4S. Then there's the iPhone 5, and of course the iPhone 5S. And then there's the iPhone 6, and I learned this morning that I was already out of date on that one because there is also an iPhone 6S because I guess the plus, the plus, that's right. The S is out and the plus is in. I don't know. There, everybody, there's always a new something coming out. I mean, it's just crazy. For those of you that work with iPods, there have been at least 13 different versions of the iPod. It's just crazy. It, it comes all the time. And, and it just never stops. And then there are just thousands of updates on those things and all that kind of stuff like that. And I kind of vaguely had the idea that this was happening because I get notifications of those things. And, and I understand that I'm using this XP version of Windows. And, and it's very slow now because all the computers need more memory and all that kind of stuff to keep it up. And, 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 and I kind of get that. But, but I, I, I didn't realize until this week, somebody pointed out to me, a reason why there are so many different versions of things. Now, I had always thought, and I still kind of think it's true, I'd always thought that the reason why there were so many versions is because the companies that were making them wanted to make more money. Right? And I kind of think that's still true. You know, it's, it's like you know, golf clubs. I have like golf clubs. And, you know, they make new golf clubs like every six months. There's a new golf club. Why do you need a new golf club? Well, because it's new. Not because it's better. I got the same old crummy swing. It's not going to do much different, but I've got to have the new club. Well, same thing with our phones and everything. It's got something new. But there's another reason that I didn't realize, and this is what it was. That much of the drive behind new versions of these operating systems or the new phones or whatever it is, is because of the customer's difficulty in operating and navigating the old system. That makes sense? It's just easier. I'm going to date myself a little bit here, so you've got to bear with me. But, but when I was in college, I had a roommate, and he was a really smart guy. I don't know. I, I was, a, I was a, uh, a music major, and then I changed to a music minor with a psychology major. And I was, you know, I was hanging out with people all day and singing and playing my instruments. And it was just, I mean, I was having fun in college. My roommate was like <laughs> into the books. I mean, it was crazy, crazy into the books and doing all that kind of stuff. His major was physics. 
He was a physics major with a minor in astronomy. Now, I'm like, really? <laughs> Who would do that? And, and, and they were kind of crazy. And then, because he had, just, he, he had this interest in another area, he went into a, a field that back in the early 70s was kind of a brand new field of study. And he just added another double major. So he had a, a major in physics and another major in the new field, computer engineering. New field. New deal. Uh, is cutting edge. It's going to change the world. Going to change the world. And, and, and so I thought, well, that's kind of cool. He's kind of geeky kind of guy, and, but he really knows stuff. And one day he invited me out and he said, you want to come play a video game with me? How many of you play video games? How many of you are playing a video game right now? Okay, let's get down there. I know the look of that. How I many of you guys play video games? Now listen to this. This guy invited me. He said, let's go play a video game. So I went to, his, I went to the computer lab and they had this video game they were playing. And, and the, the, the game was kind of like a battleship, you know, like, you know, you got your little battleships and all kinds of stuff. It's kind of like battleship, but, but you had all the weapons from Star Trek. The, not the new Star Trek, but the old Star Trek. It had, you know, full-ton torpedoes and all that kind of stuff. And, and so I thought, well, that's kind of cool. I'll go play this video game with you. This is great. And so we went down and we sat down. But, but you see, to play this game, you, you had to program every single step that you took. So here's the screen. It's like on a grid, and, and you say, you, you had to program in. Where are you going to start? Because it's a secret, because he had his program, and I had my program, and we were playing each other. So on my screen, I you know, kind of program in, and you say, okay, F7.74, dot slash, dot, 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 clack, 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 clack. I didn't know how to do this stuff, so I'm just making it up. But so he did all this stuff, and pushed the button, and boom, my ship appeared on, on the grid. Oh, good. Okay, good. Now, if I wanted to move my ship from this point to that point, I had to write this long string of code to get it to move. So I type it in. I didn't know this stuff. He gave me the form, so I just, I just had this form, and then I just put in a couple numbers at the end, and it made it work. So I put, I, but you had to type it in every time. Punch the button, and my ship would go from here, and it'd go, this little spin line go. And now my ship was over here. Now, if I wanted to shoot something, because I thought his ship was over here, I would have to type in this long code. And I'd have this little, this little line would come out of my ship, and it would go, and it'd go, wherever I told it to go. And I missed. It said, you missed. You know, so then it would be like, oh, well, I need to move somewhere else. Type in this code, boom, and my ship would move somewhere else. Okay, I'm going to shoot my full-time torpedoes. Eight hours later, nothing had happened. I mean, I'm just going across the screen. I'm going, I'm trying to shoot this thing. Eight hours later. That's a video game. You guys want to sign up for that one? (laughs) Aren't you glad there are new versions of video games? I mean, in eight hours, how many games would you play? 3,000 games. I mean, you play a game of 10 minutes or something like that, most of these games. It's just crazy. But, oh, by the way. We have a new face in church. We need to, I'm sorry, I just saw this. Stand up. Let's get a little introduction. Woohoo! Was she here last week and I just missed it? She's been here and I just missed it. But in church? My bad. Welcome. Sorry. Okay, so here you go. So you have these new versions are coming up all the time, and, and the computers are changing. And why did it change? It's because only really geeky people or computer engineering people could write code 
all day and punch the button and have fun doing that. Right? That's what happens. That's what happens. And it's just absolutely crazy. But in our text today, the prophet Jeremiah was writing and he's telling us that there is something new coming. There is a new covenant with God coming. It's covenant 2.0. That was a long introduction just to get to that. And only you guys laughed. Was that funny? No. Okay. <laughs> Covenant 2.0. He says, just like the old version of Windows, God was telling his people that there was a new version of his covenant. It wasn't going to change who God was. It wasn't going to change how God operated. But it was going to help us in how we operated with God. It's called Covenant 2.0. So if you have your Bibles, uh, look with me to Jeremiah uh, 31. Versículo 31. Jeremiah 31, 31. Jeremias. And uh, follow along as I read. This is what it says. It says, In the time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them from the hand, took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a father to them, declares the Lord, or husband to them. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or his neighbor or man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. There is a new covenant. Hay una nueva covenante. ¿Cómo se dice covenant? Pacto. Nuevo pacto. I'm sorry. We have a whole bunch of friends from Ensenada in sundry parts that are visiting with us today. Everybody say hi. Bienvenidos a nuestra iglesia. Y estamos aquí. So, there's a new covenant, a nuevo pacto coming, and, and, and it has some characteristics that we need to be aware of that are so important for us that, that I, I hope will just help you understand this whole idea of what we're talking about when we come to this Lenten season and we come to uh, Holy Week. Well, the covenant, too, initiates a more personalized experience with God. Una relación con Dios personal. Es diferente. And, and though there continues to be this, this covenant relationship with the nation of Israel, there was something new that was different than the old covenant. And that difference is there was the beginning of this idea of a far more personal relationship with God. You see, covenant 2.0 would be written on their minds and on their hearts. There was be a new inner motivation, a new inner ability to be able to follow God's desires. Jeremiah tells them that, tells us that each of them, not just their leaders and teachers, would follow God. Now think about this for a minute. Think about the history of Israel. The pattern throughout the Old Testament is of God taking one person and doing something amazing through that one person 
And then that person telling it to a whole bunch of other people and those people trying to do whatever that person said that God wanted them to do. And in that old pattern, what we see there is that that works pretty good as long as that person is present with them. But as soon as that person either dies or goes away or leaves the immediate vicinity of them, they just fall back to their old ways. They keep on doing the wrong thing. Think about the relationship that Moses said that people had with Moses. I mean, they couldn't get it through the hardly across the wilderness. They or across the Red Sea. They couldn't get across the wilderness. They couldn't hardly make it. Every time they turned around, as soon as Moses went up on the hill, what they do? They say, "Oh my goodness, we're lost. What are we going to do? Let's make a calf and worship it." I mean, they they they, they could not continue on in their own volition. It's just one of those things. But Jeremiah tells them that there is a day coming under this covenant 2.0 where everyone will know. You know, this is not really all that unusual. You get this? All of us understand that we've had a parent or a grandparent or a spouse who was kind of the spiritual giant of our family. And when that spiritual giant kind of drifted off, what happened to the rest of the family? They kind of fall apart. They were all kind of going to church because mom took us to church. Or I'm going to church. I pray at meals because mom prayed at meals. Or I, I, I did these kinds of things because mom thought it was a good idea. Or, or I'm doing this because it seemed like it really worked for mom. I, I don't really get it, but I, I guess I'll try it too. And then, and then when you get there, you realize mom's gone and suddenly it doesn't work as good. That, that is the pattern of all of us. And it was certainly the pattern under covenant 1.0. One big leader trying to tell a whole bunch of people this is how to do it. And when he's gone, they're in trouble. Well, Covenant 2.0 has something else. Not only is this more of a personalized relationship where everybody knows, but it has an empowered morality. An empowered morality. See, the problem with the Israelites in the Covenant 1.0 was that, that you have this expectation without personal experience, and without personal empowerment. It had grown to a state when Jeremiah says in chapter 17, verse 9, he says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That sounds like a romance novel or a country western song. I don't know which. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That, that's where they're at. Jeremiah is saying, we're a mess. We, we're, you know, God expects us to be like this and we're not even close. And in fact, we keep going off our own direction. We keep having these problems and da 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 and, and we get into mess. But as much as the prophet saw that kind of reality amongst the people, he also recognized and proclaimed that there was a new day coming. Covenant 1.0 is with us, <laughs> but 2.0 is coming. <laughs> Line up at the store, your next Apple store to get the latest thing, right? <coughs> 2.0 is on the way. It's going to be something different. It's going to be a new way of living. And Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 says just like this. It says, he says, this is how it's different for him. Jeremiah says, the laws which had been written on stone will no longer be written on stone, but they will be written on your heart and on your mind. It's a whole other way of understanding God's desire for your life. 
Now, a whole bunch of the, the prophets of that area talked about the same kind of thing. And so I want to flip by. If you have your Bibles, look with me really quick. We're going to go to a bunch of passages of Scripture. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. And uh, this is what it says. Just going to read verses out of this. Verse 19 says, Ezekiel says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel is talking about this heart that's divided. And do you know that kind of like, oh, am I going to live with one world, one foot in the world and one foot in, in the things of God? No, he can't do that. Jeremiah is saying, that's the way our hearts have been. We've had divided hearts. But he said, in that day, covenant 2.0, I'm going to give you one heart. I'm going to put a new heart of flesh and take away that heart of stone from you. Ezekiel continues to talk about these things in Ezekiel chapter 36. Excuse me, I jumped one. That was 11. This is 18. Ezekiel 18.31. 18.31 says this. Rid yourself of all the offensive you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Talking about something new coming. And then in Ezekiel chapter 36, it says this in Ezekiel 36.27. I'm just reading one part of this because Ezekiel says again that same kind of thing about a new heart and getting rid of the heart of stone and getting a heart of flesh and all that kind of stuff and cleansing ourselves. He said, but in verse 27, he says something really good. Do you have your pencils with you? Do you have your pencils, a pen, or something you can underline? You need to get your Bibles and underline. If you do not have these two words underlined in your Bible, you need to have them underlined and circled. Underline this verse, all of 27. But I'm going to tell you what to circle. It says, 27 says, and I will put my spirit, and the word in, you need to circle that word in. I will put my spirit in you and move you, circle move, move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You understand how different this is? See, in, in, in most of the time, God's spirit would come upon someone. You understand that? God's spirit would come upon the king. God's spirit would come upon the prophet. God's spirit would become on a, upon the judge. And for a season or a time, God's spirit would be upon someone and they would do or accomplish whatever it is that God wanted to accomplish. And then it was gone. And it was just upon that one person. But the prophet here is saying that in this covenant 2.0, the spirit of God will not be upon you, but will be in you, and that spirit will motivate, will move you to keep my decrees. See, because in the past, most of what we do, we say, okay, well, God, I kind of get it. That's what you want me to do, and I'm going to try to do it. And we try hard, and we try hard, and we try hard, and we fail. But something happens when the spirit comes in us, and it is God's spirit that's moving us to accomplish his ends. That's, that's a whole other world. That's a whole other kind of relationship. That's a, that's a covenant 2.0.2. I don't know. That, 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 is a, that is an amazing kind of concept. Well, you know, he's not the only one. Flip over a little further to the book of Joel. Joel continues this kind of concept. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says this. He says, afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Okay, let me back up. Because you remember the story before, Alta Covenant 2. Point, or excuse me, Covenant 1.0. How's the Spirit poured out? On an individual for a particular event for a particular time. On the king, the prophet, the judge, whatever comes upon them. 
Joel is saying something different. He's saying the Holy Spirit will come to everyone, all, circle the world, all, will come to all people. And this is good because he begins to define this. He said, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams. I'm in that old man category now. Y'all are still dreaming dreams. I'm seeing, or you're seeing visions, I'm dreaming dreams. <laughs> your sons and daughters are, are prophesying. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And when he says, even on my servants, you know what he's saying there? Even on my slaves, even on the lowest of the lotus strata of our society, my spirit will come. There will be no distinction. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor free. There's never Jew nor Greek. It is something that God covenant 2.0 is for everybody. You get this? And, and it is this, <coughs> excuse me, it's coming. It's powerful and it changes us. And you see, that's what Jeremiah is saying when he says, when he says, there's just those little words, it's coming. He will write it on your hearts and on your minds. He's saying all of this stuff about covenant 2.0 is coming. And it's a whole new way of doing relationship with God because it's no longer just about us trying to be better. How many of you just tried to be better and failed? Anybody ever said that? You said, yes, mom. Yes, dad. I'll be better. Right. Yes, pastor. I won't talk in the middle service. I'll be better. Sorry, just had to. <laughs> and we try and we fail. The covenant 2.0 says, I'm going to want to do that. I'm going to want to follow God. I'm going to want to be with Him. And He's going to empower me and strengthen me to be able to do and be that person. It's not about us working harder and trying harder. It's about the Spirit of God coming and helping us to be who He wants us to be. See, not only is covenant, this 2.0, a personalized relationship, it's also an empowered relationship. But it's something else. Covenant 2.0 has forgiveness with forgetfulness. Forgiveness with forgetfulness. That's a new concept. Jeremiah says in 31, verse 34, I, we says that the Lord says, I will remember their sins no more. Have you got any sins you would like to have forgotten, <laughs> forgiven and forgotten? Have you got stuff that you just say, God, <laughs> how can you ever forget that? And God says, forget what? God, you know, I did so bad back then. Doing what? Doing what? You see, this new covenant brings an era in which our sins are forgiven and forgotten. That's harder for us to do than it is for God. But that's the way God is. That's the way the new covenant is. Something changes. You see, Covenant 1.0 is full of regulations about annual sacrifices over and over and over and over again for the sins of the people and the sins of the individual. But here's the deal. Without sacrifice, 
You see, all the Old Testament, all, all covenant 1.0 was based on blood sacrifice. It was all based on sacrifice for the forgiveness of sin. And without sacrifice, there would be no forgiveness. And without ongoing sacrifice, there would be no ongoing forgiveness. That's covenant 1.0. But covenant 2.0 is a whole nother story. It's so much so that it becomes the very heartbeat and heart life of the New Testament. The book of Hebrews has this amazing passage of Scripture. Now look there with me if you have your Bibles or your phones or wherever you're at. In Hebrews chapter 10, it's a long passage of Scripture, but I want to read the whole thing to you because it talks about this, this idea of a new System, a new covenant and a, and a better sacrifice that's being offered in the midst of it. And, and in the midst of it, the writer of Hebrews actually quotes our passage in Jeremiah. So here, here these words. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, says, The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who are drawing near who draw near to worship if it could they would not have they would have not would they not have stopped being offered for the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all would no longer have felt guilty for their sins but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me with burnt offerings and a sin offering. You were not pleased. Then I said, here I'm here. I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will. O God, just hear this. This is this is a messianic promise right here. Jesus is saying why he came into the world. He came into the world to be our sacrifice. He came into the world to create sacrifice for sin once for all. He continues. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings, sin offerings you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, here am I. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Una vez para siempre. That's, that's what he does for us. When we celebrate communion, that's what it is. One sacrifice, once for all. For all time. It's huge. He says, day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for the all, excuse me, offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he awaits for his enemies to be made his footstool because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You understand this? Okay. I don't know about you. I have chills when I read this, and I know I'm reading it, and I know I'm excited about it, and I hope you are, but what is the big doctrine of the Church of the Nazarene? Holiness. Holiness. We believe that God has empowered us to live a holy life that transforms who we are. Folks, I'm just telling you, this is one of those passages that says, 
by this one sacrifice you have been made. He has made holy. That's, that's a moment in time. He has made holy those who are being made holy. <laughs> you understand that? It's not, it, it's not a sacrifice that says, by this one sacrifice, he gave you opportunity. If you worked really hard. By this one sacrifice, He has made you holy, those who are being made holy. He, he, he's in this process of making you are holy and He's making you holy. Isn't that great? There, there's a moment in time when you say, God, that, that's it, I want that. Yeah, me. <laughs> Coming to 2.0 is, is God at work within us, going out from us transforming who we are, making us who we are. It is a whole new day, folks. Covenant 2.0 is different. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's this, it's this passage. I'm not even going to take the time to read it. It's, it's too long. But it, it is this passage of Scripture that talks about this new covenant. Verse 6 says that they have been made competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And he goes through this long explanation. He says, this covenant is filled with glory. If the old covenant with Moses was filled with glory, how much more so? And that covenant brought death. How much so? more so the new covenant, which brings life in the Spirit, is full of glory? That's what he does for us. That's covenant 2.0. And then you get to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26 is Jesus and the Lord's Supper. This is Last Supper. He gathered all of his disciples around him and he's beginning to explain to him what he's doing. And lo and behold, do you know what he's saying? He's making reference to, to Jeremiah. He's making reference to Jeremiah. And we say it every time we share in communion. And you've got to know, say, oh, that's covenant 2.0. That, that, that's Jeremiah. That's the promise of Jeremiah. Chapter 26, Matthew, chapter 26, verse 26. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and he gave it to him, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and offered it to him. Drink from it, all of you. Hear this. This is my blood. This is my blood of the covenant. Guess what? That's Jeremiah 31. That there's a new covenant by the blood. There's a new covenant made by his blood, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The whole nother day. Why was Covenant 2.0 so important? It's so important because it represents a personalized, empowered, and hopeful, enduring relationship with God. That's what it is. You see, when I go back to that, that room I went to, I was almost in the basement of this room, in, in, in this computer room. And I, and I go back to say, you know, there was nothing really wrong with that computer other than the fact that it took like two stories of this building to house, which we probably house that much power in just one phone. <laughs> there was nothing really wrong with that computer. It operated as it was supposed to. It operated as they designed it. It operated as it was planned for. 
The problem was that you had to have an advanced degree in computer engineering or be somebody really, really geeky to be able to operate it. But I've got to tell you, I'm so glad that I have my iPhone. I'm so glad that I have drag-down menus <laughs> on my computer and I don't have to type all that stuff. You remember the, the old uh, WordPerfect program? How many of you remember WordPerfect? You don't even know WordPerfect. What a pain. What a pain to use. And it was fantastic. And all of a sudden, drag-down menus? <laughs> yeah, Edit? That was easy. Drag down memories. I'm so thankful for drag down memories. I'm so glad that my memory chip and my computer is so amazing, even though it's four systems out of date. Why? Because it makes me more effective. It enables me to do what the dream and hope of those computers was all about. You see, that's what the new covenant does. New Covenant was okay. God was still God. Nothing's changed. But now Covenant 2.0 makes me effective. Makes, enables me to actually enjoy this relationship rather than to be grudged on running all this code. And <laughs> God in Jesus Christ fulfilled the promises of Jeremiah. And it's a new day. New day for me, it's a new day for you. If I were writing an advertisement for Covenant 2.0, it would say, some big voice would say, Covenant 2.0. It's personal. It's powerful. It's reliable. You can count on it. But you see, there's just one little glitch in all this. They've come. The little glitch is this. Nearly every week, I get a little thing that pops up on my screen, and it looks a lot like this. Looks a lot like that. Now, this is not for a whole new version of Windows. This is just an update thing. But it, but it relates to the concept. You know what I do with this pop-up window? Nine times out of, well, let me say 90 times out of, 99 times out of 100. I click the little red button up in the corner or, or the screen that usually comes on mine has a one that says cancel <laughs> or later. <laughs> and I just click it and I'm done with it. Now, why do I do that? Do you guys do this? Do you just click the little red button at the top and say move on? Why do you do that? I don't want to wait. What I've got, I'm lazy. That's exactly what I am. I'm... I don't want to wait. I'm, my thing is fine. I don't need to change it. You know, give me a break. You know, I don't need to do this. And I just click the, the little red button or I click the I'll do it later button. But you know that we do the same thing in our spiritual lives as well? That God presents an idea to us. God says you can live in the power of 2.0. And we say, Really? I'm okay. I love you, God. I'm doing okay. And we just click the little red button at the corner or we click, I'll do it later. Yeah? You ever done that? God says, I want to forgive you 
and forget all about it. And we say, how could you ever do that, God? Well, you just click the red button. <laughs> but you know what the good news is? He pops it back up on the screen the next day. But we, at some point in our lives, have to click the go ahead, download the update, bring me up to date. At some point, you have to click the button. Otherwise, you just keep on living life like you used to. And that's true whether or not you've ever had a relationship with Jesus Christ or whether you've walked with him for a long time. There are just those kinds of things. At some point, you have to just click the button, download the app. Download the new version. Download the update. The question is, are you living in Covenant 2.0 or are you living in Covenant 1.0? Are you downloading everything God wants to give you? Is God talking to you about something in your life and you just keep clicking the, I'll get to it later. That's what bank does. Just remind me later. <laughs> remind me later. Today, today, you can click the download the app, download the update. I'm going with it. And maybe that's somebody here. Most of us have said, yeah, I'm in 2.0. But not all of us. Some of you are in 1.0, which basically says, God, I know you're out there. And I'm going to try really hard to be good. That's, that's basically 1.0. Without the sacrifice. And maybe you need to come and say, I can't go on like that. That never works. I don't have any passion for it. I never get beyond just doing my best into really just living in the power of God. Maybe there's something God's talking to you about. And you just need to up, update your operating system. I don't know what that is. Today, we're going to share in communion. This is, this is the beginning of 2.0. <laughs> That's all it is. We remember it and we say, I'm in. 2.0. And as you receive the elements today, as you partake of these elements, just think. God... I want it all. I want Covenant 2.0. I want all the updates. And He will give it to you. Father, into your hands do we give all that we are. Covenant 2.0. Ah, how we needed it. And how thankful we are for it. Help us to hear your voice this day. And not click the wait till later button. Just click the download right now. Praise Jesus' name.